6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. But as I mentioned, uh, we continue to monitor, try to keep up to date with what is going on uh, in Russia. Ukraine today marked the fifth day of the Russian invasion, which began last Thursday after Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered a full-scale attack on Ukraine. Talks were held today between Russia and Ukraine with the aim of an immediate ceasefire and the withdrawal of Russian forces. Well, didn't get that far. Not surprising, uh, but an aide to uh, Putin says the two sides, quote, found certain points on which common positions could be foreseen. What exactly does that mean? I guess we will find out. A top advisor to Ukraine's president says the talks focused on a possible ceasefire and that a second round will take place in the coming days on the Polish-Belarusian border. With the very latest, we're joined by Global News Washington Bureau producer and correspondent Reggie Cicchini. Hi, Reggie. Welcome back to the show. Good afternoon. What more do we know of the talks and and what, what happened and what might come next? I mean, look, I, I think it's it's kind of uh, an open question to anyone as to what comes next, because as we heard from the Ukrainian delegation, uh, the conversations during these talks were pretty biased in what Russia has been pushing publicly for the last, uh, not just the last five days, but really the last couple of weeks in that the, uh, that Ukraine uh, is the aggressor here, that Russia's security interests are not being taken into consideration. Uh, so, you know, the, the Ukrainian delegation went into this, you know, on, on advice of their president Zelensky saying, look, there's going to be no break breakthrough from this. Mm -hmm. But given the fact that they do want to have a second round of talks, I mean, it does allow for some optimism, but very, very, very cautious optimism. We know that there was a lot of meetings taking place around the world today. Uh, U.S. President Joe Biden uh, having a a meeting with other world leaders. What happened there? Yeah, that 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 meter uh, that meter that that lead that meeting uh, included leaders from around the world, including Prime Minister Trudeau. Uh, The readout from the White House came out just under an hour ago uh, to say that the president engaged everyone in a conversation uh, to kind of push back on Russian aggression. They discussed continued support for Ukraine. They discussed uh, security, economic, humanitarian assistance for the country while also talking about their coordinated efforts to continue uh, and, and escalate sanctions on Russia and Moscow if needed. And we already know those sanctions are having a severe impact already on Russia's economy. Um, we, we heard uh, that Canada uh, saying today that it was going to put a stop to um, imports of Russian crude oil and there's questions about uh, you know exactly how much Canada does import anymore but i know that was that's that seems to be one of the potential sanctions that a lot of pundits are are talking about and the possibility of it happening elsewhere. What about the U.S.? So look, uh, when it comes to Russia's energy exports, I mean, these have already been targeted uh, by some countries, notably Germany, by by cutting Mm -hmm. off the Nord Stream 2 pipeline uh, and and having Canada uh, deal with with Russian oil. I mean, it's a hit to Russia's economy. We also have to remember, though, that there are nations around the world that are still close to uh, Russia and, and still intend to get energy from them, namely being China. There's a multi-hundred billion dollar pipeline that will bring energy from Russia through Siberia into China. So, you know, going after its resource market will hurt, uh, you know, in the short term, but it also could hurt uh, domestic economies. And that's what we've heard some trepidation from the United States government, uh, understanding that, you know, this is a global war, but there are going to be domestic impacts. And President Biden is keenly aware of the inflation costs that are, that are facing Americans right now while doing what he can to say, look, it's going to be a bit of a, of a pinch that we need to feel, but democracy really is 
is on the line here. Let, let's talk about the um, uh, the Ukrainian uh, leader signing those uh, documents to try to get into the EU. What What is significant on that? I mean, look, it's significant on a couple of parts here. Number one, this is a broad push for him to show the world that he is willing to move to the West. He is mil- uh, willing uh, to, to, to create these, these diplomatic ties, but also uh, the, these protective ties that come along with being within the uh, the European Union. Uh, it's also worth pointing that there are uh, a growing number of European nations that are opening their arms to say, look, Ukraine should be a part of this coalition. It needs broad, uh, unanimous consent from all members for that to happen. It's also something that oftentimes takes years and years because countries need to ensure that they're up to the standards of the EU. Uh, to see this happening so quickly is remarkable. It is also a potential threat. Russia has said that he does not enjoy uh, having any of the European Union or NATO at its borders and watching a, a state that it is trying to hold strong influence over move closer to the West and further from the Kremlin again is going to highlight those security concerns, quote unquote, that the Kremlin has been saying. Reggie Cicchini joining us this afternoon. Reggie, we know that Switzerland is not a member of the European Union, but uh, coming out today and, and making a, a pretty tough stance. A, a neutral nation coming out to to levy sanctions uh, on another country is, is something to take note of because, mm-hmm. again, it shows the broad risk that Europe sees in this aggressive move that we're seeing from the Kremlin throughout the country uh, of Ukraine. I think we need to expand that, though, to also look that the Finnish uh, 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 parliament mm-hmm. is also now potentially looking to put NATO membership on their table to go for a vote. These are, these are oftentimes countries that sit out, that try to remain neutral, who are actively taking an approach against the Kremlin, again, showing that there is broad support here for uh, the Ukrainian government, for the Ukrainian people, and far less support uh, for Russia. If Finland were to join NATO, that would put a NATO country on almost the entire Russian border with Europe. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Okay, and let's uh, touch on the uh, the meeting of the UN General Assembly, uh, an emergency meeting that, uh, that was held today as well. An emergency meeting where they are really trying to isolate uh, Russia. Obviously, nothing could come out of the UN Security Council. Nothing was going to pass their Russia. Russia holds the rotating presidency of that council. So this move to the more broad spectrum here, where there are dozens upon dozens of nations that are condemning this activity uh, from Russia, uh, th- there are calls to kind of push Russia out of the United Nations that may not have the support uh, that everybody wants it to have. Uh, but ultimately, having uh, the group here uh, listening to the Ukrainian ambassador explain the, 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 the plight of his people right now, and then listening to the Russian uh, ambassador kind of uh, use revisionist history uh, mm. and just a simple narrative that doesn't exist right now. Uh, th- this goes to show that the world is watching and the world is feeling the impact of this. Reggie, appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for this. Thank you. Reggie Cicchini out of uh, Washington, D.C. this afternoon, the uh, Washington Bureau uh, producer and, of course, a uh, correspondent uh, checking in, keeping us on top of uh, all of this. So as, as mentioned, the PM uh, announcing more support for Ukraine, Canada sending anti-tank weapons and upgraded ammunition, uh, ammunition to support uh, Ukraine's fight. Um, Trudeau also, the Prime Minister also uh, announcing that the federal government plans to prohibit, as I mentioned, all imports of Russian crude oil, a commodity he has said, um, a commodity he has said enriched Putin and Russian oligarchs surrounding him. Now, uh, you take a look at how much that actually is. I mean, some of the numbers, um, 2019, Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers said um, we bought uh, approximately $550 million worth of crude oil. Trudeau today saying that Canada imports very little oil and gas from Russia, but it's a powerful me- message to send. 
Um, and the uh, Natural Resources Minister said um, earlier today that Canada hasn't imported any crude oil from Russia since 2019. So we'll get to the bottom of it. But regardless, still another message being sent. The Prime Minister... Um, talking today about the more military supplies to Ukraine. Yesterday, we announced that we would be sending new shipments of military supplies, including body armor, helmets, gas masks, and night vision goggles. Today, we are announcing that we will be supplying Ukraine with anti-tank weapons systems and upgraded ammunition. Of course, this is in addition to our three previous shipments of lethal and non-lethal equipment. So one of the areas where a lot of the sanctions, right, you know, from countries around the world have focused on are, you know, uh, financial or, or ties to um, banking. And uh, the PM announcing more of that today, suggesting or saying that Canadian financial institutions will be barred from banking with Russia. As of this morning, Canadian financial institutions are barred from any transactions with the Russian Central Bank. And we are prohibiting any direct or indirect dealings in Russian sovereign debt.